Hey, Adam here, and welcome to the first episode of the Right Way to Grow Direct. This is the first one that I'm hosting, and wow, what a show we've got lined up for you. I have the absolute pleasure of jumping on the mics with Dave Morrissey from TikTok. And the real challenge for me was sticking within the time we had allocated for the show, because every time I hang out with Dave, it's always enjoyable and educational. I always take away so much from those conversations, and I know you're going to take away a lot from this one today. We naturally explore TikTok, but we really peel it back to try and help brands understand how to think about their strategy when it comes to deploying creative on TikTok. To try and refrain from having this meta mindset, just taking creative that you use on the meta platform and dumping it into TikTok and expecting it to perform. We share how a brand should be thinking about creating content in a human first way. We unpack the TikTok shop and I enjoy exploring with Dave what's exciting him about the future of TikTok. I then wrap up the episode trying to tease out of him a book that I know he's working on. A quick thank you to our friends over at Bloomreach and Verse, who are partners with us on this podcast. You'll learn more about them later in this episode. And on that note, let's get into this conversation with Dave Morrissey from TikTok. Enjoy. Growing a business can be an absolute nightmare. One minute you're flying high, next feels like the wheels are coming off. It's thrilling, scary, it's unpredictable, and whether you're a startup or you're turning over 100 million plus, growth is really, really easy to get wrong. So we've made The Right Way to Grow podcast. It's a podcast with hosts and guests who've seen growth firsthand. They can spot the pitfalls and the opportunities, and they're gonna share their ideas and their experiences with you. If you're a growing business, want to grow a business or are having trouble growing your business, The Right Way to Grow is the one place to come to find out how to get growing by getting all your foundations working perfectly together. So if you're currently listening to hundreds of different podcasts to try and find the nuggets and hidden gems, we're about to save you a ton of time. Every month, we'll do deep dives into big questions around growth with some very special guests. And every week, we'll fill you in on the latest hot developments in the world of e-commerce and growth because obviously all that stuff changes every single week. So if you want to grow the right way, all you've got to do now is hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Dave, thank you so much for joining me on the Right Way to Grow podcast. How are you? Adam, I'm great. Roasting. It's like it's like un- unseasonably summer weather all of a sudden. Summer's back. Summer's back and I'm not going to moan about it, but I am going to moan about it slightly. I'm in basically a greenhouse right now. I've just got glass. It's baking. So you'll see me pause the mics, grab some water, but I'm not going to moan, mate. There are so many things that we could expand on in this conversation. Lots of different rabbit holes. I always have a blast talking to you. But for the people that might not know who you are, can you give a quick intro who you are and what you do over at TikTok? Yeah, sure. I'm a vertical lead at the retail and e-commerce team at TikTok. So myself and my team, we work at around 250, 300 different retail and e-commerce brands across fashion, beauty, home, garden, tech. And yeah, I've been at TikTok around a year and a half now. Before that, I was at Vibmob, kind of trying to bring AI and creativity together. And before that, I was at Facebook for about six years on the e-commerce team there, working with brands like um, Jim Shark with the Growth Foundation. Rich has uh, came from that's how we how we met, 
um, who else? Ferry, Made.com, um, all these kind of, and Huel, all these big startup scale-ups and big growth brands. If you had to create like a, a pull-through of your career, what's the thing that's been continuous throughout? What is what is the thing that Dave Morris is like best in class at, best at the world at? And maybe I won't frame it like that because that makes it sound like I'm trying to put ego in that conversation. But if you had to describe what you are best at or where you like to focus, what's the stuff that's been the continual in your career? Hmm, good question. I think everyone, a lot of, well, a lot of people would say creative. Creative is kind of my strength or something I'm passionate about. But to be honest, I'm just kind of quite curious, really. I just like putting, connecting a lot of dots. Um, like, I'm, I'm not going to paint a Mona Lisa at all. I'm going to be terrible at it. I'm quite shit with hands. Um, but in terms of connecting ideas and people, that would be, I think, my strength, I think, yeah. Yeah, never even asked it that way. Yeah, that's, I think that that's an answer. Yeah, for those people that are listening to this, that have been living under a rock for what the last four or five years, for as long as like TikTok has been seriously on my radar personally, um, can you just give a breakdown of if someone's bumping into TikTok for the first time, how do you describe what TikTok is? Because there's a number of ways that, depending on who I'm speaking to, I would describe it differently. But like, what is TikTok as a platform? Well, I think most people would have a bias to begin with. Um, thinking it's a platform for like dancing teenagers um, and that it's just another social media channel when and it's evolved like there, there was that time three years ago when it would have been that kind of very younger generation kind of the dancing platform but it's evolved so much over the years how I describe it now is it's it's a mirror to society even um, in that it's very much real people doing real things in a very fun and entertaining way. Um, it has all the the dancing, it has all the hyper creativity, um, very much a music led platform. Um, art, loads of artists are, are bubbling up on it. But then you have also this huge educational layer. Um, a lot of people are coming to it to learn um, how to hack ChatGPT, for instance, or what the best new cases of that are, um, how to buy stocks, um, how to cook, like all cooking kind of tutorials, everything like that is in there. So it's real people living their real lives and there's kind of a community for everyone. So it's, I, I see it as, a, as an entertainment channel that kind of mirrors society. Um, and then to sum it up, there's something there for everyone. And, and we're seeing that actually now in the data because it's growing up quite quickly. So the actual demographics of the platform were the kind of 25 and below three years ago, but now we're seeing like 45 plus is one of the fastest growing demos. Um, actually, the 35 to 44 is the fastest growing demo, but 45 plus is starting to really go up. So in the UK, you're like seven, seven or eight percent uh, population is in that cohort, um, but that's growing up quickly. So again, something there for everyone. A couple of things there. Is it is it fair to say that like TikTok is aging up faster than most other social platforms? Because I mm. guess back in me running my digital consultancy way back when is we kind of always said, actually some of the fastest growing demos of Facebook, by the time that I left that agency, which was two, three years ago, 55 plus year olds on Facebook. And then all of a sudden there's that old adage, which is like the younger generation don't want to be hanging out on the same platform the parents are. But TikTok hmm. seems to be having this, I guess a different, it's playing out different to what I've seen across other social platforms. And I was trying to work out one, is that true? And two, why, why is there, uh, why is the adoption across these older cohorts of people speeding up? So first of all, that is true. Um, and I think I've, I've kind of, a, I'm blessed with a kind of perspective on this that I have been in 
a Facebook or an Instagram back from 2013 onwards, where I saw that maturity curve going up um, at a pace, particularly Instagram. Um, um, and suddenly everyone was like, oh no, my my, my parents are there, my uncle's there, <laughs> they're, they're like, oh no, no. Um, and I saw that grow up quite quickly, but the TikTok curve is much more, much more steep. The gradient is much steeper. It's much, much quicker. And the why is an interesting one. Um, I, I think it actually comes back to that point that you, it's not so much, you're not, it, again, it's not particularly a social media platform that you're there to follow your friends and then your aunts and your uncles. It's there, you're just going to watch and you're going to watch um, and it could be anything, it could be any community, any person, any creator, any brand, whatever is there. So you're not going to encounter your aunt or uncle um, sharing um, <laughs> sharing uh, missing cats from Venezuela, you know, <laughs> like, like all these memes or these kind of random warnings. You're just going to get content that's there for you. So I think the, the kind of, um, I suppose, the meritocracy of the content, and it's something there that's kind of universal for all, makes that curve just go a lot faster and that's why we're seeing everything going on a much faster clip in terms of maturity yeah super interesting take there and i guess kind of like tease me into the difference of how i understand the platform works works so please correct me is other platforms historically have worked on actually i go to follow and like you said you open tiktok to watch could mm. you just expand on the difference between your algo in terms of the social graph and the interest graph, because when I started to learn about that, it kind of made sense as to why I was losing an hour and a half a day when I opened up the TikTok app. So I was like, could you just expand on that as a, how you guys think about when you open the app, the experience that is served and why it's different. And then I want to try and get into like why it's, why it's relevant for the brands listening as to the content that they actually need to create. Yeah, it's, it's, it is at that, that focus on entertainment first entertain and kind of um i suppose the mission of um tiktok is around creativity and joy so if that's your mission and then it comes into the product um and the positioning of the product is actually an entertainment not a social media thing to follow more so to watch that lens that's where the algorithm kind of starts how the, the actual mechanics of the algorithm I'd love, I'd love to know i think most most people love love to know and that's way 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 above my pay grade um but I think if you start with those those kind of focuses and lens and the strategy, that's that's where it kind of starts to materialize. This episode of The Right Way to Grow is brought to you in partnership with our friends over at Verse. Verse specialize in composable commerce. And if you're like me, you've heard this term composable and headless banded about quite a bit. So I went to Verse and said, do me a favor simplify exactly what composable commerce means because I'd love to introduce it onto the pod. Here's what they wrote back. Composable commerce is like crafting with Lego blocks, where you get to pick and piece together various elements to form something entirely one of a kind. In the world of composable commerce, it's akin to assembling a personalized toolkit of technologies and seamlessly merging them to shape your unique online store. Think of it as constructing a digital masterpiece with Lego-like components that perfectly fit your store's needs. Now we know Composable isn't a fit for everyone, but it might be a fit for you. And to find out if Composable Commerce is a fit for you, our friends over at Verse are offering listeners of this pod a completely free mini Composable Commerce audit. 
To grab that audit, simply head to verse.co.uk forward slash TGF. That URL again, that's verse.co.uk forward slash TGF for the Growth Foundation. Or you can simply press the link in the show notes to learn if Composable is a fit for your e-commerce journey and the right way to grow. Instead of leaning into like the, the black box of the algo, there's, mm. I think we were trained when we ran marketing consultancies and agencies that brands think about their, their level of success or engagement on the platform based on a follow account. And yeah, what yeah. I'm seeing that is very different in terms of how brands are winning on TikTok. That isn't the case. Like, it's, the content. it's the content that wins. That, and that's the thing. It's the actual content, the piece of content you have that wins. Um, and that's a challenge for a lot of marketers. Um, because suddenly if they have to go to trying a lot of things, um, like if you're looking at, let's say, performance marketers on other platforms, say Meta, Snap, an image, a product in a white background actually would have done it. Back back in the day, I'm talking five, six, seven, eight years ago, a product in a white background and you would have had a great time. You had a great Black Friday, you know. Um, those days are those days are kind of gone. And, and, and rightly so. I thought they were discouraging e-commerce, to be honest. And that was my kind of creative lens. I was like, Products have to look better than this. Um, and, and actually, that, that's why Brandon Performance Teams, sorry, I'm going a bit off piece here, but Brandon Performance Teams, I always, I always find it fascinating that the brand people spending months trying to create this big Hollywood production, shooting for like a can line, it looks gorgeous, like a bloody Barbie or an Oppenheimer or whatever. And then you have the performance marketers in another room, probably a darkened, cold room with, with just screens and spreadsheets, trying to reach the same audience, but to try and get them to follow them around the internet with a little white product and white background with 50% off. And they're both talking to the same customer. And like, like they're both kind of negating each other. So that big Hollywood production is like, I would have seen that, or you, Adam, would have seen and go, oh, product, premium, great. I'm going to buy loads. I'm going to be signing up for it. And then suddenly you have this like trainer uh, or jumper or t-shirt following you around the internet that's 50% off. And you're like, who, who, who's talking to me? And, and then everything just demeans itself. So, so I think these, these worlds are kind of colliding together. So the performance guys, the brand guys are coming together. And it is just to entertain. Um, sorry, I wouldn't cut it off piece there, but just, it's just something we're starting to see. And, it, and this is the new world where every performance marketer, every brand has to kind of figure out how to kind of entertain people by video within TikTok. Um, and then they actually have to figure out how to kind of entertain lots of people with the same product. So how to appeal to different communities. Um, so, so going back to the point there is performance marketers have to do suddenly not one video or one asset, they might have to do 30 or 14 a month and do different iterations of that. So it's a whole new world, but again, that's that's a way that, that's kind of the best practice now. Um, and we see some brands will have the same concept or hook, look and feel, but they have different people doing that shot, um, different age, gender, ethnicity, because that one product and brand and that one hook then appeals to loads of different communities and people on in the platform. Yeah, there's a couple of things there, and I think, a brand listen to this right now, I guess there's going to be two camps of audiences really, which are people that are not yet engaged on the platform, think maybe it's not for me, maybe it is just for teenagers twerking and this is not where serious business takes place. And there's other ones that are excused on the platform already, seeing the value of the content and then commerce. So I'm going to try and pull the conversation apart for like those two separate separate listeners. So for the, for the brand that's listening that isn't engaged yet on TikTok, what are the stepping stones that you recommend 
for someone that wants to, they've heard you have a chat with me. They go, actually, this is probably something we need to have a consideration around. How does someone start to immerse a little bit onto the platform? What are the key mistakes you see people make that you can help people avoid if they're just starting to dip their toe into the TikTok pool? We actually had a great chat with um, Ollie Hudson from For You and Jamie Bolton from Fosford the other day. And one of the things they said with brands they work a lot with, and it's something we've kind of seen, we have seen ourselves at TikTok, but they really explicitly said it was um, expectation management. A brand will see TikTok. And if you look at the actual ad system platform, um, it's similar to other platforms. Um, so they kind of come and see, oh, it's just another Facebook, Instagram, or Snapchat, and almost come to the platform and expect to do the same thing, what they were doing on other platforms. That's that's the problem. That's it's it's that's where um, brands come into a challenge in the short term, short and medium term. There, the 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 key nuances is a um, it takes because the platform isn't as mature as the other platforms in terms of learnings and the system, all the pixels um, and tracking. Um, it takes a little bit longer to go on the funnel. That's one key nuance. And then the other one is the big one, which is creative. Creative is a different animal on the platform. It is very human led, like pro- nice, glossy, shiny products. And the stuff you're doing on TV just won't cut it. Um, you might get a little bit of delivery, slight uptick in metrics maybe in a day or two but after that you're not going to have a long-term sustainable um campaign or run on the platform you have to adapt to the platform and a lot of brands will say oh it's it's a bit of a creative jungle i don't know how to get my head around it and it's a lot of work to produce this volume let's say maybe six videos a week to 40 a month which is really kind of optimal best practice we see for performance marketers anyway um it, it seems like a lot of work and it's a big, uh, it's a, but essentially it's just a new muscle to build. And what it, what it allows you to do is you're just, you're, all you need is, is a person and the product and you almost need that person. So I have what, Ray-Bans here. I can just start doing this and just start doing something and put a sticker in or just something that one of my team really are better at doing this anyway. Um, <laughs> They're trying to sell the product, but you're just playing with the product and you're just basically like person to person. Again, it's this mirror effect. Like you're just talking to another person. It's that old adage of um, people will buy from people. Well, on TikTok, real people will buy from real people. So just having creative, fun ways to just play around with the product, make it entertaining, um, give someone a little reason to buy, that will do it. Um, but a lot of brands, um, I think early on, struggle to kind of get their head around that because it's, new, it's a completely new muscle to build, especially when they're coming from um, let's say the world of briefing, um, pushing for those can lines, all these things, um, TV, and, e- and even the, the, the actual social media channels. Some of that, a lot of that stuff doesn't transfer. But here's the, the um, flip of it. Um, and this is the kind of, I suppose, the loss aversion to it. If you're not going to, you're, you're going to miss out on something here if you're not leaning into the TikTok way. Because the beauty of it is, is we're starting to see um, in data from partners, but also anecdotally from most clients, is that if you adapt to this TikTok first creative way, which is essentially human-led, real people chatting and having fun with the product, those assets, if you put them into other platforms, will kill it. So 
I think the creative bar now is TikTok. So if you're thinking of being a brand of the future and really scaling up, um, it's it's in your interest to lean into this way. If, if you saw actually Ben Francis share this on LinkedIn a couple, two or three weeks ago, and he said himself, if he was starting today, if he was starting Gymshark today, he'd be all over TikTok. And he's exactly right. And uh, me bias, throwing my bias out the window. If I, if I was a CMO today, I'd be like, yeah, all in that channel um, because I know all the other ships will rise. That's the thing. It's and I'm not, it's not saying only TikTok. Like it's you'd be silly, silly to be just one channel. Like to, in this day and age, it's very silly to be one channel. But the style and the approach of TikTok, if you lean into that, it's going to reward you across the board. It's interesting because because my key takeaway from what you just said is a lot of brands that might try and kind of pick up their like their meta strategy and drop it onto TikTok won't work. And they might try that, not see success and go disregard TikTok as a platform. What you just ended there with is interest is actually if you lean into TikTok and then do it in a human first way, but then take the creative output you do on TikTok and then actually pick that up and then drop it into these other platforms like meta, then it'll actually allow a brand to see an uplift and then see the results that's a, I guess, an interesting way of playing it. And I actually had a conversation with a guy called Claudio, who is the CEO of a company called VideoWise. And he said a lot of what his brands are doing right now is taking TikTok native content. And his product is, I don't want to minimize it. It's its a really awesome UI. He's a product guy, but it's yeah. a really effective way to take short form video content and put it into your e-commerce store, strategically placed to increase conversion. Oh, um, I like that. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know him, there's an intro coming straight off the back of this that you guys should know. You, yeah, man, you, you, man. Got, you, got, you guys would enjoy spending some time together. Um, and what he's found is that the TikTok creative that um, that they find resonates on the platform and gets conversion rate. They then grab that, embed it on the website and increase trading conversion rate on the website. So this whole human-led content strategy and then squeezing mm. that as hard as possible and putting it in lots of other places that that was one of my key takeaways from what you just said as well as having some time with Claudio. Real real people buying from real people. That's it's 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 we've come full circle. It's great. Uh, but but again, a lot of people have to change change their mindset and kind of build a new muscle. Yes, potentially I guess one thing that we bump into is a brand has to sort of get out their own way sometimes because like you say, mm-hmm. they're trained in this world of creative briefs planning, whereas from what we've seen, again, in our old agency, and you probably don't know this, but our old agency that is still running, they've got clients and they do 40 to 200 pieces of content a month for clients on TikTok. No. You have you have to just rinse, repeat, test, try, and just be iterative compared to trying to shoot this like silver bullet and go, that is the content that is going to land because you don't know until you put something out into the world and see how people react to it. Like, like if any business owner, like their V1 of a product never, never works. Mm. Like it's never going to work. Constant iterations. I actually have, I seem to have props around me for this. I didn't actually plan this, but uh, Jay, I know Jay, you didn't because you moved around your room before. we. I was going to, can I walk around? No, it wasn't going to work. But um, this is a great book. Um, James Dyson's um, Life Learning Through Failure. Is it 5,001 experiments of the the first air purifier thingy, or Hoover, sorry, Hoover. Um, yes, yeah, five, five, five thousand and one iterations of the first Hoover to get it to be, to get it to land in the market. Like that, that's obviously excessive, and like most people don't do that. But you have to iterate, and you have to have this kind of test and learn mentality to thrive 
especially in the modern markets. Um, it's 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 vital. There's there's no silver bullet, um, and, and it's also a bit funny. Like you get to figure things out about your brand. These feedback loops. The, the beauty of TikTok is you, a lot of brands will put a couple of iterations or 50, 60 assets out there. They all might have little different iterations, different hooks, but they learn things from the customers. They learn things from the platform. A lot of them then feed that into the actual product development. You see a lot of TikTok first products coming to market now. Um, particularly we see with TikTok shops, we're seeing the amount of, of, of real hungry and passionate founders are coming up. Okay, how can I make a product work in TikTok shop or on TikTok platform in general? Because because that's where the audience is, that's where the taste is, that's where the the cult that's where the culture is. So you follow the people, you follow the culture. You don't try and stuff it down. You don't take your beliefs and throw it out there. You know that's not going to work. This episode of the podcast was brought to you in partnership with our friends over at Bloomreach. Bloomreach empowers businesses to deliver personalized experiences across their digital channels by combining the power of unified customer and product data with the speed and scale of AI optimization. Bloomreach ensures the right product is put in front of the right customer at the right time. When I learned about this, I said, hey, have you got some examples so I can bring it to life on the podcast? And they said, we can do one better. There's a whole use case library with everything from how to retain customers' time on site with similar and co-viewed products, increasing AOV by showing customers their last viewed items at checkout, through to how to personalize offers based on customer preferences and contextual personalization. To see how Bloomreach can support your e-commerce strategy, from SMS reminders to personalized product recommendations, simply press the link in the show notes and you'll be taken over to the Bloomreach use case library, where there's 77 use cases that will show you how to use Bloomreach to grow the right way. You mentioned TikTok shop there, and I know that some people in the audience may be familiar with TikTok as a platform, but TikTok yeah. shop, they might have heard of, but they don't actually know the mechanics of that platform. Could you just give us like a 101 on what TikTok shop is, how it works, just potentially some of the mechanics and some of the limitations around it, like yeah. single skew in a basket and bits like that? Yeah. Um, TikTok shop is essentially our native um, commerce platform. So essentially, you can buy within the platform. Um if you look at, so obviously TikTok is part of Doyin, uh, sorry, TikTok is part of ByteDance, and Doyin is like our sister app in China. Um, that has for years now had e-commerce um, under the hood, so you can actually transact within the platform. So a lot of brands would come and they'd set up a shop within, um, and they'd use that as a new sales channel. Um, so they're capitalizing the audience that are in Doyin, but in, in this case, TikTok, allowed to purchase within the platform. Um, again, not, again, following the user, taking that kind of human-led customer-first approach, making it easy for them, seamless transactions within. Um, and if you look at TikTok in Southeast Asia, a significant volume of um, sales is going through that channel, TikTok shop alone. Um, if you look at those, if you look at TikTok um, in Southeast Asia, um, it's not just ads is the revenue generation of the business. It's actually the e-commerce sales. Um, and the beauty is it's not just a sales channel we're providing is we're actually leaning into providing fulfillment and all your kind of backend e-commerce, um, support. Um, so the limitations is it's only available in the UK. It's going to the U S as well. And um, it's been the UK. It's kind of 
kind of dating in the UK, should we say, for the last um, two years or so. Um, so it's not in all of the markets across Europe yet, um, but plans are too in time. Um, but yeah, it's 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 um, particularly for beauty brands and cosmetics brands. It's, it's they're having a field day there. Um, lower price point items that are kind of universal and kind of lend into the TikTok culture are flying it. That said, we are starting to see a lot of kind of um, bigger brands, higher ticket items starting to lean in. Um, every every meeting we're in with an e-commerce or retail brand, all the ask about the shops. Everyone's fascinated about it, um, and people are just getting set up with it. Um, and we're starting to we're starting to now see the kind of fruits of labor. Like you saw, made by Mitchell, was it three weeks ago, two million in sales in one week. Um, and that's without pushing ads or anything. That's organic. Like that's not bad, you know. <laughs> um, so it's 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 something um, that's really it's, 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 I, I find it terribly exciting. It's one of the most exciting things about TikTok. Um, that we're not just kind of entertaining, we're bringing this commerce layer as well. Um, so kind of a full full loop. Uh, and for advertisers, it's a, it's a dream as well because you can serve an ad, convert to the app. You don't have to go and consult Google Analytics and try and figure things out and get your mathematicians to figure things out and all this. It's just apples for apples, you know? You mentioned some categories there that are working well, and I was I was going to try and get some information for the audience there. Is there like a specific price point right now where it's like over-indexing, where people feel comfortable right now spending money in TikTok shop, um, or is it actually you're just seeing the data from, I guess, your existing clients that are using it more aggressively, but it sounds like beauty. Are there any specific categories that if someone's listening to this right now and they're in maybe beauty or have a product of a price point of 15, 20, 25 quid, that they need to try TikTok. Is there any data you can share around that? Yeah, t- ten to fifty, ten to fifty quid. That's 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 where we're seeing is kind of optimal. Um, and again, and again, I, I, it is because it is fairly new um, mm-hmm. that it takes it takes time to, for for just general customers to feel comfortable buying. Um, we are starting to see a lot of home tech brands exploring it, um, where their price points is going to be two hundred plus. Some mattress brands are looking into it. Um, which of course you know are much higher price points. So I think we're kind of it's going to be very interesting to see this peak period, because um, I think it's going to be a tipping point for a lot of a lot of them kind of pushing and seeing how that price point kind of um, comfort level is going. I think it's going to increase in this Q4. But to date, it's been a lot of um, ten to fifty quid beauty cosmetics books book talk which again lends into this community piece of TikTok. It's all community-based. So if if you're a brand and you're kind of like, okay, let's look at shops, TikTok shops, it's worth going to the platform and just exploring the hashtags. So let's say book talk or clean talk. Like this is, this still blows my mind. Clean talk, there's like billions of people who view these things. And it's basically like <laughs> hacks for cleaning your, shelves which i probably could do myself um and there's people talking there's people engaging there's a culture there it's just and they're, and they're on the platform so if you have products that lend to that community why not test shops to see will they convert i think nine times out of ten if you have low price point items at the moment you're going to have a good time um and yeah again like my team and another teams um 
on the ad side, we're, we're there and we're supporting um, every day these brands just testing to see even what the experience is like for sending their customers to shops versus their own website, you know. Um, but today's beauty, books, fashion now are starting to ease in. They're starting to see some results come through fashion. And then the home tech garden guys are starting to explore more. Oh, CPG, sorry, food. Food doing very well. Forgot about that one. You mentioned something earlier that you were excited about TikTok in terms of like where it's going. Shops is one of the most exciting things for you and your, I guess, your view of TikTok right now. Mm. What can you share with me in terms of where you think TikTok will be in three, five years time? Like if you had to future gaze a little bit of what's really exciting and what the platform could look like, is there anything I can prize out of you on this podcast? Hmm. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, it's 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 fascinating because I've never seen a platform grow this quick, business even grow this quick. Um, it's it's phenomenal to behold. So even three months from now, it's quite hard. I, okay, I'll, I'll put it this way, right? When I joined in February last year, I thought I was joining a new Instagram, Facebook. Quickly, I realized kind of joining a new Amazon as well um, within two or two weeks. And then like about six months in, I was like, oh, do I join Google as well? Because this whole search thing, that's an organic thing. I'll go back to that in a minute, is there. And then it's also the whole music undercurrent because it's it's Spotify as well. At the, at the risk of going into the super app kind of territory, which I know is kind of bandied around a bit and X, whatever that's going to become. <laughs> um, you know, that's going to be the super app. I, I don't know. I, I think it is this Swiss army knife. TikTok is a Swiss army knife of entertainment and utility. Um, because like the search thing has been kind of mind blowing. Like we start to see it. It, it makes, it makes sense. And again, this is, this wasn't the kind of push by the company. It's just the kind of the user and the, the real people behavior is they start to, let's say when you, you're going to holiday, holiday soon. Anytime soon? Yes. Where are you going? Yep. Dubai. Oh, you love Dubai. Um, you're old. <laughs> um, is it a holiday or work? I don't answer that. I don't know, I know the answer. So, so instead of going to Google searching, this is not to um, disregard Google. It's geez, amazing um, service. But if you're going to search, okay, holiday in Dubai, what you'll get is a load of these kind of static links. Your booking.coms, your Airbnbs, and everything. If you go to TikTok, it's someone who's in Dubai that yesterday, the week before, and they might have done a little 30 second vlog of all the top 10 things to do in Dubai. Or you might have had a mad scene in this pub. You're like, what pub is that? Or, or what have you. This real, very visceral, very real people experiences. And that's what we're starting to see. I think, I, I think the data is something like 24. 25%, 30% of people under 30 now would search TikTok versus Google for things like holidays and stuff like this. That is a mind-blowing stat. So, and, and, but I think it's, it's growing as well. And I'm starting to do it myself. My behavior is starting to change a bit as well because of this, the, the real-time, real-world experience. You're like, oh, what's that? What's that there? Um, so if you see that kind of phenomenon, as I was saying to you earlier at the start of the, the show, kind of like the educational side of things, then you've all the entertainment side. You can buy stuff, so it's utilitarian. Um, like to, to me, music is a utility, so I kind of, music is everything. Um, so to have everything I want and need in an app and just be entertained all the time, I think that's the future of TikTok. Um, 
how how it actually plays out product wise and everything like that is is um going to be fascinating to see but i think tiktok becomes more utilitarian um and more of a i don't just go to entertain i go there to kind of do something or learn something yeah super interesting and i think for everyone listening right now just to hear you talk about your journey of like entering tiktok thinking you're landing in another social platform then it feeling like another amazon then it feeling like Mm. i'm excited personally to just see where the technology the app goes Dave, there's 101 other things I want to explore with you on TikTok, but we're going to get some time together to do that. I'm going to segue into a completely separate conversation now, and I'm not sure how much of this I can jump into and share, but I know that you have a book in the pipeline, but we'll we'll go into the details maybe in in another show. But you said this phrase to me, which is uh, growing and thinking in a tech mindset. What does Mm. that mean? Yeah, I, I just wrote a book, but I basically just copied everything around me and just put it into a spreadsheet or into a document. Um, yeah, so so I kind of noticed um, this is after I left Facebook. I was kind of working, um, doing a few projects for friends that I worked with in the mu- music industry and, and other uh, industries as well. I, I just noticed there's a lot of um, mindsets and kind of pieces, even language that. I learned and adapted it into in tech that was kind of missing from other industries and other companies. Um, um, There's like, oh, they could benefit from this. Like the, 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 the notion of scaling, just that notion of scaling is absent from most industries. Um, how do we get something and grow it into this um, that we don't have to add 50, 50 million people to do it? Um, how can we do some testing and learning? How can we experiment? Um, the the importance of optimizing culture or what's our mission vision there's a lot of things that are really owned in the tech space and well they've worked frankly like your TikToks your Facebooks your Amazons your Stripes um, Shopify etc there's all these principles and codes within these tech companies that um, are just sit kind of sitting there that so many businesses and actually people can kind of take themselves um like there's there's a wealth of information out there like everything from the shareholder letters um to everywhere but but it's it's just these language points and these different mindsets um that have have allowed tech to kind of prosper is like tech obviously the code has done a job but it's still humans making a decision and planning what to do with that code um so i think that's the thing that's uh I'm hoping to share more, probably that's a full podcast in itself, probably five hours, um, share more on. But there's so, there's so much there that you can lean on and learn from tech. And I, and I, and I think tech is kind of, particularly big big tech has maybe had a bad rap in the last couple of years. Um, and a lot of people kind of like dismissed them and kind of like, but I'm like, I know I'm almost a little bit of jealousy as well, I think. And I'm like, no, no, you should really lean in more and kind of learn from them because the best practices of how to, succeed as any business or per, or person there's a lot of kind of personal kind of personal traits and mindsets in there um you should lean in and kind of grab them um because i think the best practices for growing are within the tech companies and and they can be applied to pretty much every industry and person um or 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 organization 
Dave, as always, I've loved hanging out with you on the show and you are definitely going to be coming back. So I'm looking over to the right now at my list of things that I wanted to get to. and We only got to about 25% of it. In terms of, if someone's listened to this and wants to follow this journey, definitely hit subscribe on the podcast. But if someone wants to learn more about yourself and maybe I'm assuming that when your book does drop, the easiest place people to know about it is probably LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, happy, always always up to chat. Um, yeah, and just, yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm uh, I'm always there chatting away, doing something. Thanks so much for your time today, mate. And I look forward to having you back. Speak to you soon. Adam, pleasure. Have a good one. As we wrap up today's episode, I want to say thank you for tuning in and I truly hope you enjoyed it. If you're new to the podcast, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you get notified the next time we drop an episode. If there are any questions or follow-up topics you wish I got to with today's guest, please email me. It's adam at thegrowth.foundation. That's adam at thegrowth.foundation because I've told all guests I might follow up for a quick 5-10 minute follow-up show in case there's anything our audience wanted us to get to. Anything that we've covered in today's show, you can find as links in the show notes of the podcast, as well as links to our partners, Bloomreach and Verse. And lastly, if you haven't yet joined our newsletter, make sure you do. We've got something special planned for the end of season one, where we're taking 10 listeners of this podcast out for dinner as a little thank you for being a subscriber. Stay well, speak soon. I'll catch you next time on The Right Way to Grow.